Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, July 25th, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Hey folks, welcome to Wednesday. I hope the day is treating you well. It's actually been a pretty big week for Intelligame. This past weekend, on Saturday, we released our second YouTube video, Vampire, The Thirst for Power, and it's come out with a pretty solid reception. If you haven't checked it out already, you can swing over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash Us which means we have our own custom YouTube URL. It's a cool story because I thought we needed 50 subscribers to be able to get our custom URL. You've heard me talk about it before, and we actually ended up hitting 50 on Monday, which was really cool. But then I found out that you actually need 100 subscribers to get your custom URL. So I went to Twitter and I posted and tweeted and said, hey, we made 50, which is awesome, but We're not there yet. We need 100 subscribers. Well, turns out some folks on Twitter decided to hit their retweet buttons, and we now have over 300 subscribers on YouTube, folks. Uh, The response to our Florence video and the vampire video have been nothing short of fantastic. I've really appreciated reading all the comments, seeing the encouragement, the folks who've been asking questions. It's It's all just really exciting. So thank you so much to all of you who hit that retweet button, to people who've shared the YouTube content with your friends, who've gone in and commented or watched the videos. It means a lot. And it turns out sometimes these things blow up in big ways. And of course, we're working on our next video too. Anyway, for Intelligame Radio today, we are continuing our series on Game Devs of Color Expo. Today, we're airing an interview about a game called Solace State. Tanya Khan is the developer founder of Vivid Foundry, and this particular visual novel has a really intriguing visual style to it, this hybrid of 2D and 3D animation, but also has a lot of discussion about sort of modern social situations and what it's like to try and exist under various states of government. I think a lot of her background ties in pretty heavily to the way that she perceives and develops this game. And this interview is a little bit longer than ones that we typically conduct here. So today, this is going to be a standalone. Uh, You're just going to hear the interview with Tanya. I encourage you to not only check out Vivid Foundry, but also, if you want to see the game in action, you can swing over to Jenny's Works Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash utomic, which I'll link in the episode description. She recently conducted an interview with Tanya and also did a playthrough of the demo of Solace State. So it's a really cool way to get some of that visual engagement, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to do a playthrough of it for Intelligame as well coming up soon. Anyway, enjoy this interview, and I'll catch up with you afterwards. I'm looking at a game right now called Solace State. It's developed by Vivid Foundry. I'm standing with one of the developers, Tanya Khan, who has put together 
a lot of interesting subtlety and ideas into this 3D visual novel. Can you tell us a little bit about the game and, and how you put it together? Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity, Josh. It's uh, been a pleasure and it's been such an incredible show. Uh, so Solid State as a visual novel is actually 3D informed. And the main conceit of the game is that you get to make a lot of choices to hope to bring about a better society. You play as a character called Chloe and she is a hacker. So you're actually living in a surveillance society that's in the near future. It's a completely fictional world and uh, it's undergoing certain biotech revolutions. It's just encouraging people to look at new forms of technology that might have certain ethical and political implications. So within this state, Chloe is actually trying to find her friends again and is undergoing a lot of surveillance and increasing militarization. How does she go about this? She doesn't know where the ideological lines might be for her friends. So she really needs to engage with people from all walks of society and she comes to a political awakening. And so all of the choices that you make in the game is going to unravel uh, towards a certain ending. So you brought up the idea that choice is a really big part of the way that you interact in the game. How do you expect players to interact with the elements of choice in Solisting? Absolutely. So it's a great question. Uh, and choice matters in two different ways. Essentially, you'll get one called intrinsic choice and another one which I call stacking choice. So stacking choice is kind of the more obvious ones. Consequences will add up slowly over time uh, to reach a kind of designated end uh, that may or may not surprise you in some ways, but hopefully you have a good surprise where you feel like all of the choices matter over time. So one of this is, uh, for example, if you're talking to someone from a particular kind of agenda or they have a certain stake uh, through their employment or their personal uh, politics that they um, slowly uh, see your view of the world as you're uh, confronting these issues with them. If you choose to talk to someone of a uh, different um, path as you, then that, uh, and they're uh, in conflict with each other, then that will definitely interrupt that as well. Um, and uh, of course, like that's where the friction occurs. We actually have a whole document called uh, the Wedding Seat Planner document. Sure. Not because it's actually going to be like, you know, for wedding seating, but it's just like a euphemism in many ways for saying how difficult it is to make sure that you know all the background stories to seat, seat so to speak, quote unquote people next to each other and they'll still be happy. So you're kind of playing that kind of uh, social network management. So we want to at least model a little bit of that complexity and at least start the conversation with that. The other choices that are called intrinsic choice matters a little less, but it matters to you as a player. The player will get a sense of like some feedback from the NPCs, for example, and uh, you'll just feel like you're seeing like a kind of arc with a certain character as well. So these will be like smaller little bits and pieces, flavor pieces overall. Sure. One of the things that really sticks out to me in terms of looking at this as a visual novel is its art style. So you have this kind of hybrid of 2D and 3D spaces. Your text is showing up not just in a dedicated box, but it native to the environment. How did you come up with some of the visual style? Yeah, so actually when I was very early on in development, and this was like 
when I first got the idea for Solid State, I was thinking, like, what makes this unique? Uh, what would make this uniquely a game in terms of its aesthetics overall? Uh, and not like, for example, a film or a comic book. Because it could easily be that. If we cut out the idea of choice as a mechanic, it could easily be a film or a small web series or a comic book. So I actually come from a cinema studies background in university. I started looking at comparing what aesthetics is uniquely video games rather than film. And so I started exploring and just experimenting a little bit with uh, architectural spaces because uh, I always want to be an architect, couldn't be an architect because my dreams are dreams are a little too crazy. I mean, my sleeping dreams. <laughs> and it seems like the architecture that I have in my head are always so convoluted that there's going to be no structural integrity. So in a way, that's exactly what I ended up building. It's buildings with very little structural integrity, yeah. but it's very dreamlike, but it also plays with the idea of cosmopolitanism because you're constantly having to renegotiate your placement in the space. The camera doesn't follow usual trajectories of a camera. If you get a chance to take a look at our trailer, you'll notice that you clip past visuals and architecture in a way that the human eye usually cannot. And so we wanted to really simulate the sense of uh, uncanniness, but also the sense that you're interrupting different forms of hierarchy, that you're interrupting like a certain kind of gaze that's uh, very hierarchical in nature. And with that, we wanted to also demonstrate the sense of open digitality as well, uh, open source and uh, create a sense of tension with that. Tell me a little bit, uh, you mentioned that your artist is from uh, is from Jamaica, yes. like you have a collaborator on the project. Tell us a bit about that, that art process and the collaboration. Absolutely. So I do about 80% of the 3D art. Uh, my artist, uh, Siege, uh, CJ Howlett is his full name. Uh, he's, from, uh, he's from London as well as Jamaican roots and now he's in Toronto. He's been an incredible collaborator. I'm so lucky to be working with him. And um, I found him through a friend of a friend, essentially. He's been working in the fashion arts. He's been everywhere. He's done so many different cool things. And he's done fashion arts. He's done these awesome Sailor Moon mashups with like Holt fashion. Oh, wow. So beautiful. Uh, and now he's doing a mental health series on uh, Twitch. Um, and he's live streaming his process. His kind of fandom is really cool. They're just like a big family that's really chaotic. It's just so much fun to work with him because um, we both love arts so much, uh, but he knows how to ask questions of the project. He really loves asking questions about the storyline and like how does this character matter? And he really wants to get involved in that way. And to me, since I do the writing as well as the design work, that's really valuable to me. And that's something that I really love to see in my collaborators. And I'm getting excited about the project. When he's like asking me about like backstory, and that helps him, that's really fun. Just recently, he's like, well, can, Tanya, can you pose? Because I need like posing references. So we did that. And then later on, he's like, but Tanya, I need like, you know, a jacket. Because uh, like your, your character has like a cool jacket and I want, you know, the fabric to lend properly. So we just did all of that. And it's so much fun. Uh, I, can, I can talk hours oh, about no, things. That's, that's, that's <laughs> fantastic. So 
Solid State, you said we don't have you don't have a set release date for it yet. Uh, when it does come out, what are you hoping people will get from the experience of playing the game? And do you feel like there's a significance showing the game at Game Devs of Color Expo? Absolutely. I'll start with the first question. Oh my goodness, I cannot say enough how much I love Games House of Color Expo. It's just an incredible, I was trying to find words because I was like, English language needs to improve and step up in order to encapsulate my excitement. Yeah, range of excitement, range of emotion. I don't know. Should I speak Cantonese or something? <laughs> if you want to, if, if, you can, if it's coming to you in Cantonese, that would yes. be awesome. Whole <laughs> Anyways, uh, that just means like top, top notch. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, and I d definitely recommend everyone to come to Game Devs of Color. Um, it's incredible to be here. It's incredible to meet people like you, Josh, who are welcoming of talking about people who have different political identities and they come from different backgrounds because that's exactly what game like Salt State is trying to approach. Um, earlier I did a talk on uh, Salt State and how it's essentially a visual novel that talks about social impact and like what does that mean? How did I come about to configure my interest in talking about social impact games? How did I frame it? How did I come to my own personal understanding? What are my roots? Uh, and it's an ongoing process as well. Your other question is regarding what do I hope people will take away with this? I really hope that they think that a game of the sort which represents diversity is something that they can welcome as well. I only see Solid State as opening conversation or welcoming new conversations about how complex it is and how beautiful complexity and diversity really is and how beautiful people of color are, of course. Uh, and having that sense that even in situations and stories where there are high conflict or high impact conflict and high risk conflict, that we still give everybody a chance to have their voice heard, that we still can empower people. Regardless of what political system it is in, it should still allow and avail and have room for that kind of discourse. That you respect your minorities, that you give them room to shine, and without a doubt, they'll contribute back 10 times the love that you give them. I, I truly believe that. And um, it's such a message of joy, I think, in many ways. Um, I think it's what's helped me uh, ongoing and trying to find my own identity as well. And that's why I'm here. That's why I love Game Devs of Color Expo. It's just so incredible to see all these smiling faces and people creating such diverse projects and being part of this community. We need more devs that are different in all of their backgrounds. I think all of that is valuable. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tanya. Like, I think that's absolutely fantastic and underscores the importance of the event. Uh, for folks who are looking for more information about you or about Solid State, where can they go? You can find me on vividfoundry.com. That's the main website. My Twitter is vividfoundry. My Instagram is also vividfoundry. There's a theme here. Uh, my Tumblr is underused, but I, I love Tumblr. It has so much 
uh, representation there. There's a lot of LGBTQ plus folks there, which is really nice. Diverse folks as well on Tumblr, but really need to step up my Tumblr game. And uh, thank you so much for checking out the game. And I'm glad that it's receiving so much love. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for your time, Tanya. Thank you so much, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Okay, folks, it's Wednesday, which means it's time for a call to action. This is an opportunity for us to have one piece of concrete action that we can take to better ourselves, the people around us, the world. In this particular case, I'm going to continue on with the theme of Game Devs of Color Expo and encourage you to check out the videos of the talks. All of the talks that took place at GDoc are available for free streaming on YouTube. You can find them by going to intgm.us slash gdoctalks. That's intgm.us slash gdoctalks. There's an importance to those talks, to those panels, not just for the content they contain themselves, but also the representation and opportunities that those platforms provide for creators of color and for showing the importance of highlighting diverse voices. I even still go back sometimes to talks that took place in 2017's Game Devs of Color Expo, and I think that when you listen to these talks, when you see folks up on this platform, one, you get a real appreciation of the work that they're doing as creators, but two, it also gives you a broader sense of who is capable of being on these platforms, of what can take place, of how you can become somebody who is a game developer or takes part in the game industry as a writer or any of those other kinds of things. Here at Intelligame, we try not to shy away from the tough discussions and from politics and the way that the world is going on around us. But I also think that we need to remember that there is a place for art, that there's a place for joy, that there's a place for carrying on with life and remembering the things that don't put us through perpetual trauma. I'll post a link to the YouTube video that covers all the 2018 talks, and if you check for the top comment on that video, you'll see timestamps for each of the individual discussions so you can jump around and figure out which ones you want to check out. Let us know which one's your favorite, drop us a line on social media, or maybe even better, drop a comment on that video, and make sure that you're sharing it with your friends too, so that they can get the information and the experiences as well. So again, find Game Devs of Color Expo out on YouTube, or you can swing over to intgim.us slash gdoctalks. That's I-N-T-G-M dot us slash gdoctalks. All right, folks, that does it for today's Intelligame Radio. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Wallstormer. Keep an eye out for more Intelligame content by swinging over to the homepage, intelligame.us, and of course, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Anchor, at IntelliGameUs. Tonight, we'll be doing our live stream from 6 to 8 p.m., Let's IntelliPlay, where we combine game streaming with cool discussion and great people. So I hope you'll join. I encourage you to tune in to Friday's episode of IntelliGame Radio. This is going to be a little lighthearted, a little funnier. It'll be the last of our Game Devs of Color series where I play a game called Here's How It Happened. It's a very strange improv game where you try to describe how you ended up near a corpse in a strange position. It's a lot of fun, and it'll be a little nice, lighthearted way to end the week. 
Also, let me wrap this up by saying a very special happy birthday to Jenny Wyndham, our very own Kim Chica, and we wish her the best. So until Friday, folks, keep Intelligaming. Yeah.